0: I want you to think about this question for a little bit. Who is your enemy? Is it the Russian or Chinese or North Korean governments? Is it Democrats or Republicans? Is it someone who lives down the hall for you, from you or lives in the same room as you? Is it a teacher who has it in for you? Is it someone you work with? Is it someone who once was a friend, but they hurt you terribly? Is it someone that you've labeled to be toxic? Who is your enemy? We often think about enemies as people who are opposed to us, people who want to do us harm, people who hate us, people who fight against us. So who is your enemy? And I want you to have them in your mind as I read our lesson for today. From Matthew chapter 5 beginning at the 43rd verse. Jesus speaks these words. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and per- and who use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. This is God's word. So what does it mean to love your enemy? Well, we have a a few ideas from our text for today as Jesus instructs us, as he tells us we should bless those who curse us and do good to those who hate us, as he tells us that we should pray for those who persecute us and, and even greet our enemy on the street. But even before our lesson for today, Jesus gives some other commands concerning our enemy. He tells us if someone was to strike you, to hit you in the face, or to turn the other cheek, or if someone was to steal your shirt off your back to give him your coat as well, or someone was to demand that you walk a mile with them, walk two, or give to anyone who asks of you and don't refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you having that idea or picture of your enemy in mind, would you be willing to do those things for that person or those persons? And if not, why? they probably say, Pastor, they're, they're going to take advantage of that. They, they want to do me ill. They want to harm me in whatever way they can. if I did those things, they would certainly misuse that they would ultimately take advantage of me. But isn't that the point? We consider what Solomon wrote in Proverbs chapter 25, but also St. Paul quotes it in Romans chapter 12, which says this, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. Because you'll heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will repay you. God knows that the only way to stop fighting between two parties that are enemies is for one to ultimately refuse to fight, and not just refuse to fight, but to change their ways, to act completely different. And so what might happen if you act in these ways towards your enemy? Well, it could be that your enemy takes advantage of you. That definitely could happen, but it could be as you do these things, your enemy might consider their own actions, the ways that they've acted towards you, the ways that they've treated you, and they might rethink them. Why is this person, this enemy of mine, acting so kind and so good and so nice to me, and why do I continue to act so terrible towards them? It might cause them to think a little bit and to maybe even change their ways, but either way... Either if they take advantage of you or if they change their ways, or maybe a combination of both, God still wants us to do these things. He still wants us to love our enemies and not so much for them, but for Him. To do it as a way that we can reflect His love for us, a way that we can also show that we are His children. We often think that God's love for us is easy. We're pretty lovable, right? After all, we show that we love God by our words and actions, by our prayers, and praise by the things that we do. However, God doesn't just see our attempts at doing good things. God sees it all, doesn't he? And what does God demand of us? As we see in our lesson for today, he demands perfection. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's what he expects of each and every one of us. And he sees when we aren't perfect. You know, we sometimes are like that student in grade school, little Johnny, who thinks that he's the teacher's pet because he gets straight A's, and yet the teacher also watches what Johnny does on the playground. She also sees how he sometimes hits his classmates, or he uses foul language. She sees how he sometimes steals food from other students' lockers, and how He's the one that's speaking behind her back when she's trying to teach in class. So also God sees everything. He doesn't just see our attempts at goodness. He sees all the bad that we do as well. So he sees, yes, when we make an effort to go to church every week or maybe come to chapel every single day of the week here at Bethany. But he also sees when we get drunk on the weekend. As he sees when we make an attempt to follow his commands, even the sixth commandment, and we take pride in the fact that we have not slept with our boyfriend or or girlfriend, and and we're so proud of of that, uh, that we are pleasing God by doing that, and yet, maybe by the things that we do with them, we're definitely crossing a line before God. God sees our prayers and praise that we offer him, but he also sees the way that we curse his name. He hears when we say that we love him, but he also sees our lack of love for not just our enemies, but even just our fellow man, even our brothers. He sees it all, doesn't he? Yet, despite it all, he still acts in love towards us. Some would say, God, you're a fool. (laughs) You're a fool, God, to show love to such a people who trash your commands, who don't act the way that you demand that they act, who don't reciprocate and show the love that you have shown to them. God says, I'm going to love them anyway. I'm going to love them even though I know that they have sinned against me. I'm going to love them even though I know that they're going to sin against me in the future. In fact, I'm going to send my son to die for them. To make payment for their sin. We think about what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5 when he said this. It is rare indeed that someone will die for a righteous person. Perhaps someone might actually go so far as to die for a person who has been good to him. I think if someone's willing to lay down their life for someone who has been excellent and very good to someone else. But what does God do? God shows his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. While we were his enemies, Christ died for us. That's amazing love. That's impossible love that God has had for us, his enemies. And what does that love do? Well, it does the same thing that he wants it to do as we show love for our enemies in our own world, in our own community. It changes us, doesn't it? God's radical, impossible love for his enemies, like you and me, changes us. So that we want to live in love for him, and we want to live in love toward one another, toward even our worst of enemies. So how do we do that? Well, consider two simple directions of Jesus in our lesson for today. And maybe consider just trying to do these two. The first one is greet your enemy. Instead of avoiding contact, eye contact with them. And, and when you see them saying something not nice or something like that, greet them in a pleasant and kind way. Try to make contact even, eye contact with them even if they don't. And if you're not able to do that, do the second thing. Pray for them. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for their health. Pray for their success in things that are good. Pray that that they know the truth of God and his word and of his love and pray that God would change their heart and pray that God would change your heart as well toward them. And know that he will. Know that he does. And desire to do these things not for them or not for yourselves is not as a way to, to earn your position as a child of God, but because you know God has loved you in that way, that he has loved you, his enemy, that he has shown kindness when you don't deserve it, when he has made you his child, though you should be his enemy, love your enemies for him because he loved us in Christ. Amen. I invite the congregation to please rise as we continue with our prayer for today. Dear Lord God, you have given us a difficult command when you have told us to love our enemies. So often, instead of acting in love and kindness toward those who oppose us, we have responded to their hatred and animosity with the same. Forgive us for so often not loving as you love, not reflecting your love in our words and actions. Motivate us in our daily lives to reflect your love for us, for us who were your enemies. Help us to do this difficult thing motivated by your undying, impossible love for us in Christ. Amen.